Get to Old Navy now for February's biggest style steal. 40% off all jeans and tees. Jeans start at just 18 bucks for adults, 12 bucks for kids. With tees from just 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids. All jeans and tees are on sale, even your favorite rock star jeans. All jeans and all tees are 40% off right now. Don't miss out. Run into Old Navy and OldNavy.com today. Valid 211 to 221 excludes in-store clearance jeans and tees. Active license and men's package tees. lovely voice of Mr. John Luke Shapiro you just heard. I'm Russell Hartman, of course, and joining me this week is Kevin Krupe is not with us this week. He's doing all right, but he had some business to attend to. So this week you get me and you get the wonderful John Luke Shapiro. And we have a lot to talk about because we were at the Rangers preseason opener last night with the big, like a lot of guys from Forever Blue Shirts. Our big crew was there. Stat Boy Steven was there, that celebrity man. Everyone was coming up to him, <laughs> taking pics with the guy. So special shout out to him before we start this. Uh, Steve brought us a lot of amazing gifts from uh, the other side of the world. Um, you know, he brought a lot of people things, very hospitable with everybody. If you see him around the city, say hi to him. Really, really nice guy. And I know before we begin, JL, I know you probably want to give some props to Steve as well. Yes, of course. No, absolutely. Steve, uh, Steve was uh, terribly nice in giving us signed pucks. Uh, I think you got Goonler, no, uh, yeah. Noel Goonler. I got a signed Lundqvist puck from uh, the CHL. I know Kevin got one. I know you also got a jersey that you uh, Steve helped you bring along. And I know Jim also got one as well, Jim being another contributor to the site. But no, Steve's great, wonderful person, great sense of humor, very European. Uh, and it was like a celebrity. Like Everyone was just like, are you Statboy Steven? It's like, oh, the guy's got a little mini following. But Steve's great. The rest of the uh, 4B crew, you guys were awesome yesterday. So it was fun. Even though they lost, culminated in a pretty good night. So I'm pretty happy about that. Absolutely. It was great meeting everyone and you know, seeing Zach. Shout out to you, man. It was great seeing you, Jim, like JL mentioned, Steve, Kevin. It was just great seeing everybody. It was a really nice experience. So let's jump right into how the Rangers did. We're going to break it down period by period for you from the game against the Devils. Then me and JL are going to give you two players each who we really thought showed like some good heart, some good skill last night. And they were a bit of, some of them were a bit of a surprise. And then finally, to top off the show, we're going to talk about the power play last night, which was, wow, it was some incredible stuff watching them work, as well as how Capo Caco and Artemi Panarin looked in their debuts on Garden Ice. So, JL, first period, New Jersey Devils, New York Rangers, the crowd is at a fever pitch. Everyone's ready to see these new players come together. So, we're getting. Take it away, buddy. How did the first period go last night in Madison Square Garden? Uh, all right. Well, if I'll just be the first one to say it was uh, really nice to see hockey back. The atmosphere was crazy. 
Um, I like the crowd for the preseason game. I, I didn't expect that many people to be there, but I guess the hype around this team is is legitimate. And so, you know, everyone was really uh, eager to see and, 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 and look at a lot of the young guys the Rangers had because they threw out the kitchen sink. You know, Panarin was in the lineup, Zibanejad, Kako, Karatsov, uh, Shesterkin played a couple of minutes, Truba, Shea, you name it. So, excuse me. So, that being said, the first period didn't exactly start off as well as the Rangers hoped. Uh, just 30 seconds into the game, uh, Nico Heischer got a, a deflection in from Will Butcher and Sami Vatanen. Uh, it was just a regular pass across D to D, throw it on net, deflection in by the center. Um, and then close to the end of the first period, uh, Mikhail Maltsev, I want to make sure I got that right, uh, pretty much undressed Brendan Smith. And that's a, a, a big cause of concern. So, the play of the Rangers in the period was actually arguably the best I've seen them play in some time. And mind you, I know it's only a preseason game, but it just seems like there was a different energy, a different feel, a different vibe about the team with a lot of the young guys. They were moving the puck well. The neutral zone breakouts were great. Um, they were just moving it very well through the zone. The only problem was was just, you know, defensive coverage. You know, Jacob Truba had some mishaps. Brady Shea had some mishaps. Uh, Brendan Smith definitely had a mishap, and uh, so did Brandon Crawley. But it seemed as if after that first goal, it seemed like they just kind of started tying it together, and it seems like they were really putting a lot of pressure um, on the Devils in that period. You know, the Rangers finished the game with 42 shots overall, and it just seemed like that first period, you know, along with the power play, which we'll mention in a bit, you know, they were just moving it well. That was the, that's, that's the one thing I noticed about, at least in the first period, was they were moving the puck very well. They were getting a lot of quality chances, and it just really seemed like this had been a group that had been playing together for some time. So overall, the first period was positive, even though, you know, Maltsev undressed Smith and he sure got his deflection in the in the first period. The Rangers did not sit down and just let them take over. The Rangers took control, and even though it didn't go, you know, their way on the scoreboard, the Rangers did a good job in making sure, hey, look, we're still in it. So, like JL said, uh, you know, Rangers played a great first period. There was a lot of great things that the young guys are doing. Some nice puck movement. Um, you know, specifically seeing Adam Fox do some walks across the blue line. You can tell the kid is already thinking with an NHL mind. Um, Brendan Smith, I mean, look, the guys that were there last night, they know what I had to say about Brendan Smith. I'm not going to repeat a lot of what I said on this podcast, but look, I understand it's preseason game one. I get it. Guys are getting their legs under them still. You can practice as much as you want, but there's nothing like playing an actual game in the NHL. There's nothing like getting your legs under you that way. But, you know, Brendan Smith, it seems like it's just carrying over from last year. The mistakes, the lazy defense, the sloppiness, and you you got to hope, Rangers fans, that someone can step up and make Brendan Smith that seventh defenseman this year. Um, you know, and no one's going to just be given a spot, like David Quinn said. Guys are going to have to fight for their ice time. Guys are going to have to fight for their spot, so... I'm hoping, and we're all, a lot of us are hoping that someone comes along and takes that spot from Brendan Smith. Um, so moving on to the second, um, Alexander Georgiev was still in goal to start the second. Rangers were down 2-0, but 7.33 into the second period is when the Garden exploded, and that is because Capo Caco um, drew the defenders to him on the power play, 
drew a bunch of defenders to him in the corner, stick landing, stick handling, always moving. Um, um, the guy is just a wizard. You can't get the puck off him. Draws the defenders to him, kicks the puck to Truba at the blue line. Truba kicks it to Artemi Panarin at the circle, and we just see a rocket go right past Corey Schneider. The garden explodes with Artemi Panarin getting his first unofficial goals. A Ranger, of course, during the preseason. Um, Panarin's first celly is a Ranger. You got to see three of the big offseason acquisitions working together. And we're going to talk about this more later in the show. But, man, that power play one unit was kicking. Chris Kreider's expression says it all about Panarin's shot. In the second period, uh, Igor Shesterkin came into the game and replaced Alexander Georgiev. Uh, we got our first look at the czar at the guy, you know, who is primed to take over the crease from Henrik Lundqvist in a few years, and in his early work, did not disappoint. Uh, Chance of Igor filled the garden, even in the second, uh, from save, some nice saves he was making on top of shots. Um, Igor was definitely doing a really good job in his first uh, MSG appearance, and it was very encouraging to see him already starting to adapt to this North American ice. And, you know, Gusev is not a nobody. The Devils were playing some good guys. Nico Heischer is not a nobody. So, I mean, it was encouraging to see him stopping these guys who have had NHL experience before. About 12.36 into the second, the Rangers would strike back and make the game 3-2 when none other than Michael Haley would get the puck, get to a loose puck in front of the net. Schneider completely out of the net. It was basically a tap into a wide-open net. But you got to be happy for a guy like that who's fighting for a chance to be a 13th forward on this team, has some snarl to his game, always known for fighting. But, uh, you know, Michael Haley, you like to see guys like that get rewarded during preseason for their hard work. So the second period ended with a 3-2 New Jersey Devils lead, and we go to the third and back to Mr. John Luke Shapiro. All right, so... Third period starts, and just about 3.55 into the third period, uh, Brett Sini pops one into the back of the net. There was a big scrum in front of the net, and Sini was able to bank in the loose puck that went into the goal with Shesterkin coming back out for the third. Again, the Rangers are still playing very well. Uh, they're moving the puck well, like I said, and they're limiting a lot of the defensive mistakes. You know, surprisingly, Brendan Smith did not mess up this period, so that's a plus. Um, so, and then you go to 10.02 in the third period. Uh, Leas Anderson, of all people, a very encouraging sign from Leas this whole game, was playing hard, putting himself in the right position, making the right pass, and he finally got rewarded. Nieves and Kratsov, they assisted on his third period goal at 10.02 into the third period. It was also a very gritty goal, uh, and Kratsov, after getting the puck from Nieves, threw it on goal, and Anderson jammed it in. Very encouraging sign, and I know stat boy Steven will love that because those are two of his favorite players. So, all in all, the game ended with the Rangers losing 4-3, to off of a couple of mistakes. But the overall feeling and the overall play outside of some of the defensive miscues was actually very positive. It seemed as if the Rangers were, you know, and I hate to sound cliche, but it essentially it's like they turned over a new leaf pretty much when it comes to who they have, what they put out there. It's a different feeling. The players just look so much better, way more agile, better with the puck, better moving it through, and even on the goaltending front. Uh, Shestierkin looked great, like you said, Russell. Shestierkin, he looked like he had been here before. 
And I was telling, I think I was telling one of the guys that was sitting in front of us because he kind of, he didn't really know who he was. And I said, you know, you, you guys were explaining to him that he was, you know, um, he was, you know, putting up those numbers in the KHL. And the best way to sum it up is Russian Henrik Lundqvist. And at the end of the day, we saw positive signs from the forwards. We saw positive signs from the the um, the goaltending. The only downside is the defense. Uh, Truba wasn't bad, but he wasn't great either. Brady Shea was, you know, throwing off some rust there. Brandon Crawley was okay. You know, obviously it's the first preseason game, so you don't put too much stock into it. Brandon Smith played, you know. Very similar to what you described. But all in all, a very positive experience and a very good game overall for the Rangers. And I, I'm happy that I was there. And it was great to see a lot of the young guys come out and perform. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of the young guys, there's a few guys that I really want to specifically highlight here. Um, so, I mean, overall, there's a lot of things to dissect from this game. But one of the, I feel like one of the guys that really was making a good case for himself was Nick Jones. Now, Nick Jones, for those that don't know, um, he played for the Wolfpack last season. He played um, 10 games for them, scoring two goals and having an assist for three points in those 10 games, uh, four penalty minutes, and it was a minus one. But, man, you know, you, you, you a kid like that, you don't give a big shot to make noise in the NHL. But Nick Jones was hard on pucks. He was flying out there at certain points. And the third line, which we're going to give them some love right now, uh, with him, Greg McKegg, and I believe it was, oh, man, JL, help me out. Who was the third member of the line? Well, you had Greg McKaig, uh, Nick Jones, and I think it was Boo Nieves. There we Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Boo Nieves as well. And, you know, um, it was great to see Nick Jones put in this effort because he was a guy you go into this game and you, you just don't expect – you don't expect much. And he shocked me all night. I remember a few instances – uh, me and Joe were sitting next to each other during the game, and I was just like, look look at them, what this guy's doing. Oh, yeah. Speed, hard on pucks, making chances for his teammates. Like, very just a really good guy that Hartford is going to love this year. And if there's an injury, Nick Jones may find himself in the lineup this year. Very small chance, but if he keeps going with that motor, maybe Nick Jones is an injury call-up. But all in all, is a good first preseason showing from Nick Jones. Um, hopefully he keeps progressing, and it'll be really cool if you know a long shot guy like that can make it to the NHL. My second guy I want to point out we've talked about already, but Igor Shesterkin looked exceptional last night, with the exception of Brett Sinney's goal uh, with the scrum, which you know Shesterkin wanted back. Um, the guy was making some good saves, kick saves. He was on the puck. He was squared. Had some flashy glove saves here and there too. Um, it was good seeing that the Czar is already starting to live up to this lofty, lofty expectation that fans have put on him uh, after setting all kinds of records in the KHL over the past few years. So it was extremely encouraging to see a guy like the Czar um, immediately start endearing himself to the Garden crowd. And, you know, chance of Igor were just filling the Garden at certain oh, yes. points. And it, was, it was amazing to hear, you know, every time you're in the Garden now, you're Henry, Henry, but this time... Chance of Igor, Igor. It was it was really something to hear, and like the whole garden was 
getting into it and supporting this kid who's finally making the jump to the NHL. We've been excited to see him for years. Uh, the sky's the limit for Igor, and you know the, the starting job when it, Hank decides to hang him up is his to lose. JL, I know you got two guys you want to key in on as well. Please let us know who impressed you last night. Well, outside of uh, Kako and Kratsov and 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 some others, you know, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, one of the guys I wanted to point out was a gentleman by the name of Jake Elmer. Now, I on a previous podcast had asked or pretty much said that I was looking forward to seeing how Jake Elmer did in Traverse City. And lo and behold, he actually met my expectations. He was very good in that tournament, so I was eager to see how Elmer would do uh, last night on the, on the, I think it was on the third line last night. And surprisingly enough, he did very well. Uh, he didn't, what he did didn't exactly directly relate to a goal, but if there's one thing I can say about Jake Elmer is that he is fast. That kid can dial it down the ice. And I was very impressed by that. You know, in, in his uh, last season in the WHL, he put up uh, 68 points, and that was on a wing with Dylan Cousins. So I was eager to see how he would do without him. And lo and behold, I want to say he was with uh, Anderson a couple times, and I think he also centered with uh, he also played with Greg McKegg at some points too. So yeah, I mean primarily just to just to sneak in here, um, it was Danny O'Regan on the third line. Danny O'Regan. Um, with yeah, it was Danny O'Regan on the third line. Boone Evans was on the fourth. But uh, point being, these guys in the bottom six were shifting around with different positions last night. But, no, it was impressive to see what these guys who were basically fighting for their NHL lives were doing. JL, continue, my friend. Absolutely. No, you're, you're absolutely right on that. And and the one thing I noticed about Elmer is not only was he fast, but he's that's a, that's a tenacious dude right there. He's only six foot one. He only weighs 182, you know, which, you know, it, it isn't too big for a guy that height. But... The one thing I noticed is that he's very tenacious on the puck. And I was very impressed with just how into it he was. Not to say that everyone else wasn't, but it just seemed like he has like a little bit of an extra gear that he can put to, you know, put on and just say, "Yeah, I'm going to go do this." Another player that I noticed last night and I know I was talking to Kevin about him a lot last night and you know, this guy has a very and I think Jim was saying it earlier. He has a very, 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 very hockey name. Very hockey-like name. Greg McKegg. Okay? So Greg McKegg is only 27 years old. The Rangers picked him up as a free agent in the offseason. He played with Carolina last year, 41 games. He put up uh, six goals and five assists, total of 11 points. Uh, And he was playing down the middle with uh, Daniel Regan and Jake Elmer, and I was actually very impressed. He may not have blown me away with his skating ability, but he really did contribute to a lot of good chances on net, and he was just pushing his way through. There was a couple of times where the puck was loose in front of the Devil's net in the uh, Devil's zone, and McKegg was just all over some of the defensemen that were on the puck, and he was just... I think he made a pass, too, from the corner of the net to Adam Fox, which really, really impressed me. Uh, Kevin and I were really impressed by it. Adam Fox was trailing in on the point, and um, McKegg was in the corner, and he winged it through two people, and, you know, Fox had the shot blocked, but needless to say, it seems like he has very good hockey instincts, and 
you know, for uh, extra forward or for a guy in Hartford, that's going to be a really good piece. And I wouldn't have a problem with him being a spare forward for the Rangers, if anything. So Greg McKegg, Jake Almer, two guys that I noticed on the ice last night outside of the usual, and I was very impressed with the way that they played. Yeah, I mean, look, Greg McKegg, I remember we're giving a lot of love to these bottom six players, but you know what? They deserve it. They were playing their butts off Absolutely. last night. Um, Elmer, like JL said, flying out there. Greg McKegg, hard on pucks. Nick Jones, hard on pucks. Uh, even Daniel Reagan, in the, the time we saw him, hard on pucks. These guys have taken David Quinn's message of fast, physical, and relentless, and they're applying it to their games because you know what? Being a, the 12th or 13th forward on this Rangers team, spots are up for grabs. Now, we don't know what to do with the Mesnikov is if he's going to be here soon. Um, you know, uh, there's spots. There are spots open. And you know guys want to be in the NHL as much, you know, you get to Hartford, you're getting playing time, but guys want to be in the NHL. That's right. So it's super impressive to see what they were doing uh, last night, making a case for why they should be either an injury call-up or a 13th forward on this club. Maybe even a 12th forward if they really impressed David Quinn that much. Um, now, JL, the fun stuff. The power play last night. Oh, man. Oh, my God. I know you guys have seen clips online. I know people have watching recaps, but seeing... The power play one last night in person was incredible. The puck movement, the speed, the shots, the deception. Jacob Trouba was the lone defenseman on power play one. Uh, Mika Zibanejad played in the slot. You had Capo Caco on the right side, Artemi Panarin on the left side, and Chris Cryer was basically kind of your guy down below, doing stuff below the net, um, causing havoc when he could. And, man, there was a sequence during one of their power plays Kako hit the post. Kako got saved by Schneider. Zabanajad gets saved by Schneider. Uh, Panarin almost scores. Truba slams a shot as hard as I've ever seen. Dinks off the post. Every single thing they could have done but score. And the power play was just creating chances all night. Zipping passes back and forth the Royal Road, as Stephen Valiquette likes to call it. Um, shots coming in from the point from Jacob Truba. Panarin and Kako controlling the puck on the boards. Incorporating Chris Kreider when he do these net wraps where he just come around with the puck and try to stuff it. Sabanajad making moves in the middle, controlling things. I have not seen a Rangers power play that in sync since the Straka, Yager, Nylander days. And, man, it was so special to see what all of this talent could do. Because I bet you David Quinn, David Quinn himself said that particular unit was not together for much more than three days. And he just kind of put all the talent out there and said, boys, go play. And they were rewarded with an amazing Artemi Panarin goal that we were talking about before. And you really got to see how strong Capo Kako was on that puck. You could always move in the stick. His stick was never still. Always moving the stick, always looking for an angle, always looking for where he could pass it to. The kid is just as advertised. JL, I know, man, you were raving about it. We were all raving about it, man. <laughs> what did you like about the power play last night? What I liked about the power play was the control uh, and then the decision-making. You know, we're so used to having kind of a lackluster power play for the New York Rangers. And when you finally supplement these guys like Zabanajad and Kreider with legitimate power play threats like a Kako will become, uh, um, or even a Panarin and Truba, I mean, you're talking about just utter domination. And I know it's one preseason game, fine. But there was a sequence in the first period where that whole unit, the first unit, was there for pretty much the whole time. 
on the P on the on the power play. They were moving it so well that the Devils penalty killers just collapsed. So Truba was holding it onto the point. Kako was in the corner just waiting for an angle, like you said. Panarin was just making guys look like fools. Kreider was moving it around. I mean, you want to talk about in sync. These guys were legitimately stuffing it down their throats last night on the power play. And like you alluded to, Straka, Nylander, Yager. Now, the difference between then and now is that now you have two guys on the back end who can support it with Panarin or Zibanejad on the back end and Truba. So I, I'm just, I, I was, <laughs> we, all of us were raving about it. Even though they didn't score on that first power play chance, the Garden was electric after it because none of us was expecting that level of puck control, domination, and just overall sleek skill and talent. So, and then you have to give credit where credit is due. Even the second unit looked pretty good. You know, uh, you had uh, uh, Kratzoff was there. Uh, Fox was on the second unit. Greg McKegg was also on the second unit. So Anderson. Leah Sanderson was also yeah. on the second unit. So, you know, it it, it, it it all comes down to just not only the coaching, but the personnel. And it seems guys like, you know, I was thinking last night, while I'm watching Adam Fox on the second unit, I'm thinking to myself, just him on the second unit and just him in general, you know, everyone was upset about Shattenkirk getting bought out. And you know what? Honestly, I understand it. I really did like Kevin Shattenkirk. I thought he was a solid player for this team. But the Rangers needed to make the move to clear up the space to sign Buchnevich Lemieux and hopefully D'Angelo. Um, and I see Adam Fox out there, and the first thing that came to my mind was, oh, yeah, <laughs> we don't have to worry about anything. Because he was just on that second unit moving it well. So the, the power play was one of the big bright spots. And I was thoroughly impressed with Kako. I was thoroughly impressed with Panarin. Obviously the goal, and I alluded to earlier, Chris Kreider just looking at Artemi after he scored it. He said, my goodness, you did that? <laughs> you know? So all in all, it's it's really refreshing because if the defense can shore itself up which i'm almost positive it will it's too with some of these guys it's too talented at this point you know uh i think with the power play turning into what it could be i think this team has a legitimate shot at making the playoffs that that's how that's how good i think this power play is just from last night yeah i mean look if the power play produces like it did last night i mean look i'll take a power play goal each game but you can argue without Schneider standing on his head, that power play unit would have two or three power play goals last night. That is how good they looked. I mean, it really could be the difference between a wild card spot and, and out of playoff contention this year. But point being, uh, I like that Joe brought Adam brought up Adam Fox because Adam Fox was probably the team's best defenseman last night in preseason game one. Uh, he looked fantastic walking the line with the puck, was making smart reads, um, jumping in when he needed to. Uh, supplementing the offense when he needed to. Uh, like JL said, the loss of Kevin Shattenkirk, uh, obviously the Rangers are going to feel it a little bit, but Adam Fox has all the potential in the world to turn this thing around. Uh, you know, he is looking really good, looking sharp, great skater. Uh, it was really special to see him on Garden Ice for the first time and see exactly what he could do. Another guy that I really want to point out here is Vitaly Kratsov. 
And Vitaly Kravtsov kind of had a little bit of a rough start to the game. Um, had a few breakaways, but it seemed like he was a little nervous about when to do his like noted silky moves, when to you know when to shoot and things like that. But by the third, it seems like Kravtsov really got his legs under him. And Leah Sanderson got that goal in the third, but make no mistake, that goal was the direct uh, effect of Vitaly Kravtsov getting the puck behind the net, um, controlling it, getting in front, whipping it at the net, and then guys crashing for the rebound. Uh, Vitaly Kravtsov looked great as the game was going on, getting his legs under him. His first uh, skate on Garden Ice, he, I think he did a fantastic job. I agree 100%. And another thing that I noticed last night, too, was He's very, he's very, what's the word I'm looking for? He's very silky. And here's what I mean by that. Very sleek, very silky. A couple of times, he found himself in the neutral zone past the defense and had a couple of good chances. Either it was a one-on-one or a breakaway. And I couldn't have been more excited to see that because it seems like he has a knack for doing that and not putting his team in an awkward situation. And not only that, it seems like the, the the passing is good enough from his teammates to find him and look for him in that area. And it, he wasn't ignoring his defensive responsibilities. Let's not get that mixed here. But he would creep out just a little bit in the neutral zone. And someone would easily find him and he would create that chance. And I was very impressed at the discipline that he displayed once he started getting comfortable in the game. He was very good with his stick. Uh, I think he was coming down. Uh, he was coming down the wing on one of those, and he tried to pull a move, but um, he almost got it. But it deflected off of one of the de- the defenders' uh, some skates or whatever. So all in all, I mean, I-, I thought that was. I thought he was really good. And again, I want to bring up Capo Caco, if that's okay, to kind of transition into talking about him. I think um, that's okay, Jill. You can <laughs> man, you, you you can gush about Capo Caco. I'm sure everyone, you know, honestly. Everyone sees the highlights and the clips from home, but seeing the guys live, you know there's a diff- there's a different aspect. Or you really see the speed at which these things happen. So I'm gonna let JL talk about Kako first. I'll get my opinion second here. Start gushing, buddy. I mean, there's so much to like, <laughs> so much to like. So while we were down in warmups, I was taking a look at just his demeanor, and he's a very calm dude. I mean, I know they all were. But it just kind of seemed like it didn't really phase him that he was playing at Madison Square Garden for the first time. And I understand it's a preseason game, and I'm sure he probably has his nerves or whatever. But the one thing you notice is his size. Oh, my and, God. The dude, the dude looks – He, I was I, – to just interject for a second. Man, even down on warm-ups, the guy is massive. You yeah. can pick him out from the entire roster. He's not tall. He's not the tallest dude compared to, like, you know, Kratzov and, and some others. But, you know, for a guy who's under 20, he's pretty stocky, and that works to his advantage. You go to the game, you go to the start of the game, and you can see him playing with this poise. You know, you see him playing with this uh, this ver- this tenacity. You know, he's in the corners. He's winning puck battles right off the bat, you know, behind the net, into the corners. Great passing ability. He was putting himself in prime positions to score. It honestly seemed like he'd been here before and you could say the same thing about Kratzoff too but with Kako it was very prominent the only thing I have a problem with it's not really a problem it's just something that he'll have figured out by the middle of October or maybe towards November is that by the end of the game the poor guy was gassed he was hunching over 
He was a little bit out of it. I think if he had been at full bore, he might have been able to tie the game at the end because the Rangers were putting on a lot of pressure. But you can just see that he was a little bit gassed. And you know what? That's all right because he's young. He's still getting used to the league. But all in all, I was thoroughly impressed with what I saw from Capo Caco. And I am so excited to see him on this roster. You know he's going to be on this roster. And so is Kratzov. They're going to both be on the roster without a doubt. So I'm excited to see that. I, I just I don't know how much more gushing I can do. I mean, I, I mean, my goodness, I'm just trying to wait for what number he picks so I can finally buy the damn jersey for goodness sake. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people feel that same sentiment. I mean, we're all itching, we're all chomping to the bit to get a Kako jersey. Um, but let me tell you, as good as advertised, I've never seen head up on every play, constantly moving his stick, constantly looking for the good play. The only thing I would say about Kako, he needs to know of which he will learn as the things go on, what passes to make and what is too dangerous. A specific example I can give of this was Ranger on the power I think I believe it was a power play on uh, Adam Fox was on. Uh, Adam Fox snuck to the middle of the ice, uh, but there were two devils converging on Fox. They saw him making his way to the slot. Kako tried to thread it, and I get it. You want to make these high chance like these high risk passes for the high reward. But in that case they were collapsing. You knew it was you knew it was a super high risk to get it through to Fox, and the Devils ended up pushing the puck out of the zone. Things like that. David Quinn will teach Kako, and he will learn what to make, what not to make, when to encroach on the net, when to back up, who to pass to. That I'm not concerned about. But the vision, the vision was the special thing last night because this guy's bullet and passes across the Royal Road to Panarin, to 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 Kreider, to these guys. Like you know, it's it, and even in their interviews post games, Zabanajad, Kreider, they were just saying how you know playing with guys with these kind of talent. It's just it's eye opening. Panarin, of course, was included in their statements as well. Just these guys are game breakers, and for years we've been. Praying and praying and hoping that the Rangers would get game breakers. And you know what? If their development cycles pan out, there's, there could be as many as three of them on the roster right now. In the silky mitts of Vitaly Kravtsov, the overall all-world play of Capo Kako, and the sniping and playmaking from Artemi Panarin, there's threats all around the top six now. So, I mean, Capo Kako is really looking like he is going to be a star in New York. And... Uh, you know, my our friend Armand was there with us at the game last night. He was telling me, he was like, you know, Kako needs to learn when to make the right play. And he needs to, you know, and I was like, you're right. He does need to learn that, which is what we just talked about. And this other thing Armand said that stuck out to me was Kako was going to be the best player on this team one day. And, you know, it's crazy to say with guys like Panarin there too, but you drafted the guy second overall knowing that he is going to be a star and if everything works out, Capo Kaka will be the best player on this team during Panarin's tenure in New York. And as his confidence build and as his skills build and as all of these things come together, we are going to see a dominant force on the ice who one day might challenge Timo Solani for the best finished player of all time in this league. Now, that is extremely high praise, and everything has to go right for that to happen. But there is a chance that something like that can happen with the pedigree this kid has. Absolutely. You, you pretty much... That that's that's it. There you go. That's it. There it is. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Um, one last thing before we leave you this week: the lineup for the day, uh, Rangers game at the Rock tomorrow night. They were just announced a few minutes ago. Henrik Lundqvist and Adam Husker will be the two goaltenders. Uh, Ryan Strom will be skating in his first preseason game along with Jesper Foss, Mark Stahl, and Brett Howden. 
Phil DiGiuseppe joins the lineup, as does Stephen Fogarty. Patrick Newell gets in the lineup as well. Gabriel Fontaine makes his return to the lineup. Michael Haley comes back in after a successful first preseason game. Tarmo Reuninen, who I am very excited to see on NHL Ice, makes his preseason debut. Mason Geertsen as well. Ryan Lindgren, who is, of course, acquired from the Bruins, makes his preseason debut. Joe Morrow, who was signed from the Winnipeg Jets. Philip Heedle makes his on-ice debut in the preseason, which is going to be very exciting to see the Rangers' hopeful second-line center. Joey Keane, who, again, one of these guys who, with Anthony D'Angelo with his holdout, Joey Keane is being looked at as one of these guys that maybe take that slot this year. So it'll be very interesting to see what he does. Pavel Buchnevich makes his preseason debut as well. Most likely going to be playing alongside Philip Pedel, I would guess. Vladislav Nemesnikov as well makes his preseason debut. And finally followed by Vinny Lettieri making his preseason debut at The Rock. So uh, an exciting lineup. Maybe not as exciting as we had in night one, of course. But this is what preseason is for, evaluating, seeing what guys want it. Um, JL, anything you want to say to close this out, man? Um, well, I'm going to be at the game tomorrow. Or if this comes out in the morning on Friday, I will be at the Devils-Rangers preseason game at the Prudential Center. I'm eager to see how Henrik and Adam Huska do in it. And I hope the Devils fans don't destroy me. I am in New Jersey, and I hope they treat me well. <laughs> and, that's, and also, Artemi Panarin is also really good. So, Yeah, Artemi Panarin is really good. And I know we didn't discuss him as much as we did the young guys, but look, there's not much that warrants discussion right now for him. I mean, look, the guy was a star all night, and, you know, he was held out for half the game because of a minor groin injury. Um, David Quinn said it was nothing but precautionary, so fans should not worry. Uh, as well as fans, were, some fans were worried on Twitter last night that Capococco might have been hurt. That is not the case. Our own stat boy, Steven, saw him after the game as well, walking around fine, taking pictures with fans. Uh, Vince Mercagliano from Lohud as well reported that Capococco, there were no injuries. David Quinn didn't even mention it. The kid, like JL said, was probably just gassed. I mean, he played a lot last night. So, Ranger fans, look forward to tonight when the Rangers play the Devils at the Rock. It's going to be a special game. Um, and next Tuesday, the 24th, uh, yours truly might be there to see him take on the Islanders at the Garden, which should be another special night as we rush toward the regular season, uh, which is going to be very special this year. So everyone, have a great week. Enjoy the preseason. Enjoy the training camp battles. As always, we will see you next week as we are on our weekly schedule now. And let's go Rangers, baby. is sponsored by Oasis, a paychecks company.
Oasis provides small and medium-sized businesses with an all-in-one solution to simplify back-office complexities like payroll, benefits, HR, and compliance. Let Oasis take care of the HR administration so you can focus on growth, your customers, and continue to run your business fearlessly. Learn more at oasisadvantage.com slash podcast. Get to Old Navy now for February's biggest style steal. 40% off all jeans and tees. Jeans start at just 18 bucks for adults, 12 bucks for kids. With tees from just 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids. All jeans and tees are on sale, even your favorite rock star jeans. All jeans and all tees are 40% off right now. Don't miss out. Run into Old Navy and OldNavy.com today. Valid 211 to 221 excludes in-store clearance jeans and tees. Active licensed and men's package tees. Hey everyone, this is Sharon Waxman. I'm the founder and the editor-in-chief of The Wrap, the premier news source for daily coverage of the entertainment industry. I'm also your host of this new podcast, The Wrap Up, a show that gives you an insider's look at the top stories in Hollywood. Each week, we'll bring you the latest news on the business of movies, TV, streaming, and tech. So be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you each week on The Wrap Up. Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us. The Raiders have moved to Las Vegas, but Raider Nation is worldwide. Hi, Silver and Black Maniacs. I'm Scott Goldbranson, host of Silver and Black Today, the first and only all-Raiders show from the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada. A-list guests like players and coaches, and the best Raiders talk in the land. Subscribe and listen today if you just want to win, baby.